The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The Michael Duke Show. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Firearms uh, Friday. Hello. And welcome to the program. It is that one day a week that we dedicate to the Second Amendment of these United States. The most unique declaration by the people that the right of man and woman, of man as a species, to uh, keep and bear arms, to protect oneself, the ultimate right of self-defense and self-determination, that that is uh, the most important thing, one of the most important things out there, uh, simply behind the right of expression and uh, and uh, freedom of association and religion. Uh, in fact, there's a reason why it's up there near the top. And as old uh, Chuck Heston just said, it is in order of importance the First Amendment, because it allows all the other rights to exist. We've talked about that uh, on the program in the past, that it is that, you know, it's that right that allows just it, it, it holds in check um, government and, uh, uh, you know, any bad actors that would uh, infringe upon all those other rights. I mean, you couldn't exercise many of those other rights without the ability and the implicit, uh, meaning implied, threat that the Second Amendment holds to enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, America would, well, before I get into that, before, before, I, I, I really, I want to dive into that here again and talk, because I, I, and I've hit on it before, but I just, I want to keep hitting on it. Because it's important. I guess we'll let, let's, uh, <clears throat> first and foremost, let's tell you what's coming up on today's broadcast. All right. So in hour one today, I had been working uh, towards trying to get uh, Rob Pincus on the program this morning, but that's not going to happen. He's in the middle of um, the big, uh, he's in the middle of a big uh, exhibition shoot today and is just unable to break away and come by and join us. And so next week, uh, Rob has agreed to come on the program, and we will be joined by Rob Pincus next week to discuss um, uh, to discuss uh, you know all the things that are going on. Specifically, I mean, <clears throat> I'm almost to the point where I'm tired of. I know, I know you you never believe that I'm tired of talking about it, uh, anything related to firearms. But <clears throat> this whole New York thing is just sucking up all the oxygen in the room when it comes to gun rights. It's like. You know, if you go to any of the different firearm sites or blogs and it's just like it's New York, New York, New York, New York. I mean, all the things that they're doing, this insanity and their attempt to get around the Bruin decision from the Supreme Court. I mean, they're doing everything in their power 
to uh, short circuit it, you know, short of actually just ignoring the law. They're doing everything that they can to uh, inveigle their way around it. And uh, so I'm sure we'll talk with Rob Pincus about that next week and and everything else. I know we're going to talk with uh, I know we're going to talk with Chris Chang about that. Chris Chang, Top Shot champion from season four is uh, of the of the History Channel show. Top Shot is going to be joining us this morning in hour two, and we'll have a uh, we'll have a, a long chat with him uh, this morning. Uh, we'll talk about it, and of course, as we do um, um, as we do every uh, Friday, we'll be finishing up the show with Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com, who uh, I know that I, you know I know a lot of people are like, man, all right, they just drop off, but I enjoy it. I mean, it's just kind of a you know, everybody loves movies and and shows and things like that. And sometimes we dig, you know, we dish a little dirt about. It. It's kind of a lighter way to just kind of finish the show. Um, and uh, it's a it's a it's going to be fun stuff. All right, so uh, that's kind of where we're lined up today. Chris Chang, Willie Waffle, and phone calls. Uh, phone calls. Now a little bit of a problem uh, this morning. Um, my, um, uh, my, my, my GCI phone number that I have for the show, <clears throat> which, uh, uh, connects to my software, which resides in another state. I mean, the, the whole thing, basically I have to give you another number if you're going to call in on the show today. All right. And so it's not a permanent thing. It's a one-time fix that I kind of short circuited to try and pull together so that we can still have phone calls. Because on Friday, that's my favorite thing. I mean, I really enjoy talking to people about um, the Second Amendment. I enjoy educating and answering questions and just kibitzing about, you know, the right to keep and bear arms. To me, it's one of the, uh, you know, it's one of the uh, most enjoyable and uh, most important issues that we face as Americans. And so... Uh, having the phones available today was paramount to me, and unfortunately, uh, because of some um, uh, because of some problems, and they couldn't get parts, and there's something broken, and there's a card down, and yada yada yada. My regular phone number is not working, so I have got a secondary phone number that will connect you to it, but it's not an Alaska number, and I know that, and I don't want to hear any complaining about it. Uh, you know, you're not even having a lot of bridge. I know I can't that not my fault, not my fault, dude. So we're going to break open the phone lines this morning and we will, uh, take calls firearms Friday. Obviously, um, uh, you know, the, the, the point of it is, well, first and foremost, it's to give me a chance to talk about one of my favorite topics. All right. So, I mean, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. That is the number one thing. Number two thing is, is that I love to spread the gospel of the gun. I love to talk about the role of firearms and firearms ownership historically in the history of America uh, and, uh, and what it means today and why we, should keep, uh, why we should keep fighting so hard for it and why it's important and why we should be bringing more people on board. And so that is... Um, that's really the whole point of uh, a firearms Friday. And if we can do that and answering questions is a big one, you know, the, the old axiom that ignorance breeds fear. 
And uh, so if you're ignorant of something and you don't know about it, it's, it's very easy to be fearful of it. And so the whole point of Firearms Friday, of course, is to alleviate that ignorance, is to teach, is to train, is to talk about, is to uh, remove the obfuscation of the darkness around the unknown, the the taboo, the, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how else to say it. It's just we're there to enlighten you about firearms. So um, the phone lines are going to be open for most of the show today. Uh, except for when we have Chris and Willie on. Uh, but other than that, uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines right now. So that being said, if you have a pen and paper, now's the time to pull it out because I'm going to give you the phone number. Uh, it's not the normal one. Again, this is just a temporary one until we get everything fixed. Um, until we get everything fixed. Hopefully by Monday, this whole thing will be fixed. So here's the number to call. You ready? Here we go. 319-527-3864. is the phone number. And I will be giving that out throughout the show this morning. So feel free to uh feel free to write that down if you want to get uh, get on board and do that. We also want to make sure that we thank our friends over there at Satellite West. Um, who have uh, spo- who are sponsoring uh, this hour of the program today? It doesn't matter what kind of communications you need across the country, across the state, whether it's um, you know email or phone, or maybe you need internet access or text messaging, whatever it is. The friends, uh, your friends over there at Satellite West, have got the solution for you. Um, and whether that's a, a bivy stick or some kind of a satellite internet setup uh, or something just to check your email, they've got it all for you over there at SatelliteWest.com. And we want to tell them thank you for sponsoring the program today. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, as always, we love having them. Uh, we love having them on board the program today. Again, the number to call in this morning, 319 527 Six four, and uh, you can join us. You can also, well, hello. You can also participate with us in the chat room. Um, ch- 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 chat room. Um, all you got to do is go to uh, Facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show or YouTube.com/slash Michael Duke Show or Twitch.tv/slash The Michael Duke Show. You can find us everywhere. We're all over the place, and of course. You can also um, send us an email, me at MichaelDukeShow.com. All right, so I've done all the housekeeping. Done all the housekeeping. And I guess this means now I can dive into what I was starting to say to begin with, which was the implicit, the implicit threat uh, provided by the Second Amendment. And quite honestly, that's one of the reasons why they have fought against it. Uh, That's one of the reasons why the... um, um, the uh, powers that be have consistently fought against the um, the right to keep and bear arms because it is an implicit threat to implied. That's implicit. I just I don't want to I don't want to I'm not saying it's an overt threat. It's an implicit threat against their power base. You got a bunch of do-gooders out there, my friends. You got a bunch of do-gooders out there who, as we've talked about in the past, 
Um, you know, they've got the politician's disease of somehow they know better than you how to live your life. They know better. They know better how to raise your kids, how to spend your money, how to uh, how to uh, schedule out your free time, how to I mean, you fill in the blank. They will know better how to do it. Now, the problem is, is that in their do-gooder mentality, they will then create laws and regulations and strictures on you that show that, you know, you, we, you, we're, we know, just sit down and let us do, we'll take care of you on this. And of course, the problem with that is, is that that completely infringes on your freedom and your liberty. Um, and there's this pesky little thing out there called the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, which uh, allows you to defend yourself, and as the um, and as the founders had written, it is a check on the growth and the role of government in your life. Because as much as many people, uh, like you know, um, the 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 Muppet in Chief and and uh, many others have wanted to do over the years, they try and frame it as if it is an issue of, oh, it's just about hunting. It's just about hunting. You know, nobody needs an AR to go hunt a Bambi. Um, as much as they tried to uh, make it about hunting, the Second Amendment had absolutely nothing to do with hunting. I mean, there is not there is not a you, you, you know, there is nothing about hunting in all the discussion surrounding gun rights in the Second Amendment at the time amongst the framers of the Constitution. They weren't out there saying, boy, we really need this gun to take a boar or deer or whatever. They talked about it being in defensive liberty. They talked about being able to protect yourself from footpads and the bad the bad guys out there. And most importantly, the bad guys that they were worried about was the government. That's I mean, they, these are people, by the way, who had just, you know, they were they just fought a war. They were just becoming independent. They were doing all these things. They were most they were most cognizant of what was happening and the fact that an overarching government that could arm itself and disarm the people was the one that was the biggest threat that shot her around the world at Lexington and Concord, lest we forget. Was. Uh, that first shot, that first battle at Lexington and Concord was about the British coming to seize the powder and ball magazine from the citizenry. Because at the time, most of them kept most of the powder and ball for the citizenry and the local, you know, for their own personal city militia. They kept it in one location and the British were on their way to seize the magazine. And that's when the fighting went. That's when they finally said, no, enough is enough. When they wrote the Second Amendment, when they wrote down all these amendments, they were very cognizant of the role that the federal government, that any government at that point, it was the royal, it was the crown before, but now they were creating their own government. They were very cognizant of the role that that could play in, uh, in their futures. So they were, it, it was not about the hunting. It was about keeping everyone safe. I guess we, uh, I guess we should probably take the break there because I'm running up against it here real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it. I'm gonna pick up on this on the other side, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I want to get you know if anybody else out there want to talk about it. I'd love to hear what you have to say. 
319-527-3864. I know it's not the regular number. It's just a patch to get us through uh, until uh, GCI gets my other number fixed. 319-527-3864. The Michael Duke Show and Firearms Friday. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Well, hello. Good morning to you. How are you? How are you guys doing this morning on this dark, 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 wet Friday? I mean, when did it get so dark? My goodness, my goodness. Uh, first and foremost, can I say to you guys, uh, thank you uh, for yesterday. Uh, yesterday, uh, I changed gears a little bit. I stopped asking people to. Subscribe on YouTube simply because um, it's, I think, I don't know. Anyway, I realized that on my Twitch channel uh, that um, I was only, I had 35 followers and I needed 50 to become a Twitch affiliate, uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, part of their part of their process of leveling up uh, your, your partnership with Twitch. And so I put out a I put out a uh, I put out a, a request yesterday that if uh, if you were in the chat room and you hadn't done it yet, would you go over to Twitch and would you uh, please uh, follow the show? Well, I made it. I'm almost there. I only I only need three more of you. If if three of you didn't go over to Twitch yesterday and um, follow the show, that's the, their thing is follow. They don't have a subscribe. It's a follow and you can heart, you can ring the little bell for notifications. But, uh, if, uh, if anybody's got a, um, you know, if anybody's got, it, it has not gone over there yet and you do it, I only need three more today. That's all I need is three, three, anything above that is gravy, right? It's all gravy, but I would love to hit that 50 follower mark on Twitch. I mean, it's a whole different demographic over there on Twitch. And the thing is, is that if we get enough people following the show and they see that growth, then the algorithm might actually put my face up in Twitch somewhere where people might actually hear it and go, wow, this guy makes sense or this guy's crazy. I mean, one of the two. And they they may watch and they may listen, whereas they may never have done that before. So I only need three more of you to do it. I just put the link up in the chat room. It's twitch.tv slash Michael Duke show. And uh, if you go over there, again, I only need three more um, to join for the 50 followers. So if you haven't followed it, which is the little heart button, and if you haven't, you can turn on the notifications if you want. It's got a pretty slick little interface, and it's it's just it's like YouTube. It's like Facebook Live, um, and uh, it hits a whole different group of folks. And uh, I would appreciate it if um, if three of you could take the time this morning to go over there and, and, uh, and if you do, and if you do like and follow, but comment in the Twitch chat room that you just followed 
and we'll, uh, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a shout out. I'll give you a shout out for following me, uh, over on Twitch today. Uh, because, uh, you know, that's, that's how we roll. I could see all the comments. I could see the comments from all the different chat rooms all in one. So, um, it's, uh, it's fun. Um, but yeah, all I need to do it. And just, again, just, just hit the thing. Uh, you can, you don't have to do it in the app. You can do it. There is a Twitch app, but you can do it in a browser. You just got to say, stay in the browser. Uh, Rick says, he said he, it hit follow. Then it says, open the app. You don't have to get the app. You can just follow it in the browser. Um, but again, I don't want to put you, I don't want you to put yourself out. If it's too confusing or too complicated, then just don't worry about it. But if not, um, if you've got the technology, go over there and do it. All right. I'm going to get wrapped up about this topic, aren't I? I, I, I was trying to get uh, Rob Pincus on, and then I was going to reach out to get Jacob Sullivan as well from Reason Magazine. He's got an awesome article that came out late yesterday afternoon um, that we're going to talk about in a little bit. It's talking about the um, a historical case and a new study that talks about um, the idea that black Southerners that their access to firearms actually reduced lynchings, which, yeah, um, I mean, seems kind of commonsensical, but it uh, uh, it's a it's a great little piece. We're probably going to talk about that here in just a little bit as well. But I suppose we should jump back into this and uh, get things going on. Like, share, follow the Michael Duke Show. Here we go. Well, uh, howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, And it is Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a Second Amendment nature related to firearms and gun rights and everything else. We appreciate you being on the program today, and we look uh, we, we 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 can't wait to we can't wait to chat with you. The best part of Firearms Friday, of course, is that uh, we get a chance to do firearms and gun Q and A, which is questions and answers. And there's no such thing as a dumb gun question, so we love to talk about that. Before we went to break, we were just talking about the role of the Second Amendment in the formation of the country, and what is it you know what it has meant to the amount of freedom that we, as citizens, have had, um, and still enjoy here in this country. I mean, with all the blisters and warts and bruises and boils and bad things that, you know, all the things you can complain about in America, it is still the freest nation on the face. Now, I know that there's many freedom indexes out there that are like, no, it's not. It's Well, I I still think it's one of the best places in the world to live. It's one of the only places in the world people are dying to get into, right? So to me, that rates pretty high on the freedom index, uh, my own personal freedom index. Uh, I mean, there are other places that have more freedoms in certain ways uh, and less in others. 
But overall, on the whole, on the balance, I would say that probably the United States still probably one of the best places to live in the world. Uh, people, again, dying to get in. Uh, so we're going to continue that discussion here in just a moment. Plus, we've got uh, other attacks that are going on. Uh, both the uh, ATF and the uh, FBI are up to some shenanigans. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, meanwhile, I've got a phone call. And so we uh, have a new phone number today, just for today. As I was saying earlier, my Alaskan phone number is broken. Um, and we're waiting for GCI to get, they got to get some kind of new line card or so. Anyway, they got to get something. Uh, I was with the technician yesterday for an hour and a half yesterday trying to get everything squared away, but they're, it's hopefully by Monday, but I got a new phone number for today. 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864 is the phone number. Let's go over to the phones right now. And see uh, who's out there, and uh, we'll get the we'll get the hot take here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Charlie at Homer. Hello, Charlie. What's happening, my friend? Well, I wanted to call and remind folks that we have a meet and greet tonight. District Six of the Republican Party, a bunch of patriots, people that care about gun rights, not just hunting, but all kinds of gun rights, are having a party tonight, a party, a meet and greet tonight at the Tuscamina Lodge. You'll be able to meet our candidate for House Representative District 6, Sarah Vance, and for District C, Senate seat, Heath Smith. They'll be at the Tuscamina Lodge from 6 to 8 this evening, and we're going to have appetizers, and we're going to have a gun raffle. So you'll be able to meet the candidates hear what, they, what their positions are on Second Amendment and other issues that right. might be of interest to you. Right. And uh, have a bite to eat and have a chance to bet on a gun and maybe take a gun, uh, well, pick it up later, not necessarily take it home tonight. If you've got a next exempt card, you could take it home tonight, but you might have to wait a little bit and have to have a little background check first. But otherwise, we'll get you done. Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, we have... Sponsored by your friend and mine, Greg Collins, uh, we have at the Kachemak Gun Range from 3 to 5, we are having pistols and fundraiser, again for Sarah and Heath, and you have another chance to come out if Friday doesn't work for you, come out Sunday afternoon to the gun range, you have a chance to do a little bit of shooting, visiting with people. We're going to have uh, food for you out there. It'll be a potluck. I think they're going to provide hamburgers and hot dogs, and then people are going to bring side dishes and have a great chance to visit with folks and have a bite to eat and talk to some really wonderful candidates. Nice, nice. All right. So all of it going down to the peninsula and a good support. And, uh, uh, folks, you got this posted up anywhere there, Charles, anywhere we can uh, find out or look I at this? Don't- Yes, sir. It's on the, on the Facebook page, on Sarah Vance's Facebook page, and it's also on the District 6 Republican Facebook page. Okay, fantastic. People, if they got any questions, they can go out and take a look at those there. And uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Charles, and sharing with us. Uh, uh, I love me. I, when I ran for Borough Assembly, I actually had a fundraiser that took place at a gun range. Um there was a class three dealer in town and, uh, he was a friend of mine and we were able to go out there and, uh, we invited people to come on out and shoot 
shoot ammunition. Uh, we got a bunch of ammunition donated and people came out and uh, we shot guns and machine guns and all kinds of stuff with supporters. And it was a fun, I really mixing, you know, two of my favorite things, politics and guns all at the same time. It was a, it was a great time was had by all. So, um, that was that. That was probably long enough ago when you could afford to feed the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, full no, automatic yeah, weapons, no, that's huh? a, well. <laughs> luckily, we we only had a handful of them, and uh, and it was pretty common calibers. But yeah, it was uh, it was before the great run of uh, you know whatever it was two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, um, and so it's uh, or two, whatever twenty ten, whatever the run started. Uh, on ammunition where you couldn't even buy 22 for love or money. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's I, always a fun thing. I think at our gun raffle, there is going to be a little bit of precious metal available for uh, people to bid on as well. So uh, lead and brass will be there too. Okay, good. Well, I know that we've done some auctions on the radio here in the last few years where buckets of uh, like a those old Remington bucket of bullets where it's a 22, whatever, 500 or 330 or 500 rounds of 22. That stuff's been, yeah. I mean, that stuff's been bid up like crazy because it's still, still hard to find some of that stuff. So, all right. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for coming in and uh, sharing with us. We appreciate it. We hope you have a good weekend. Um, thank you, sir. You Bye-bye. bet. Let's uh, go over here and uh, take another call because, uh, well, we can. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? It's Terry calling from Kodiak. Good morning, Terry. What is uh, on your mind this morning? Oh, I just uh, was uh, remembering uh, <clears throat> the twenty, almost twenty years that I uh, was commercial fishing. I heard a lot of stories about uh, things where if you didn't have a firearm, <laughs> you were going to be subject to having a. 400-pound halibut on deck that would uh, thrash around and break your leg <laughs> or, right. or worse. Yeah. Um, and then there was uh, friends that um, they were <clears throat> like me. They were um, set netters, and uh, they caught a school of sharks <laughs> decades ago, a whole school in a set net. That's a, any fisherman's nightmare. <clears throat> And if, if they hadn't have had a firearm, I don't know what they would have done. But um, one of my uh, <clears throat> favorite things that <laughs> out of my memory chest was uh, this this guy out in front of our Sebnet cabin. I could see him through binoculars. He was in a skiff, and he, he, he had a 400-pound halibut he was trying to bring on board by himself in a skiff. Oh Lord! And uh, yeah, you know, if, if people don't have a firearm out there on the water, they're <laughs> not sure what's going to happen. Like friends on the South End, they're set net when the El Nino effect was bringing in some strange things. They they caught a a mako, <laughs> which is not supposed to be in these waters, but it ended up there anyway. A really scary kind of. <laughs> man-eater shark <laughs> right so uh i think that a lot of the fishermen are really watching this second amendment stuff uh, and the, the weird thing was my uh friends that uh actually it was former relatives they uh they were the ones with the set net that um, caught the uh school of sharks accidentally so 
um, they decided, well, uh, one of us is going to have to go get a SANE permit. <laughs> so they did that, and lo and behold, in the SANE, what ends up <laughs> a few uh, decades later, saning a school of sharks. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, a lot of no. You got to have commercial fishing. Really, you got to be one of my favorite scenes out of the old uh, right. crocodile Dundee woman was where that New York uh, journalist woman uh, was trying to investigate uh, crocodile Dundee, um, and uh, she saw the the little pram that uh, he was in when he was uh, allegedly, you know, attacked by the crocodile. And she found some uh, spent spent shells in there, and she said, you were just fishing, you know, uh, skeptical. You were just fishing. And, and he said, uh, paramundi is a very big fish. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, I guess the Australians are... You know, we're all in the same boat when we're out on the water. <laughs> right. No, we, we've all got to be. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be prepared. I mean, you know, the the firearms uh, for fishing and hunting and all those things. I mean, that's paramount. I guess my mo- my main point this morning, though, Terry, was that while those are necessary tools when we are hunting and fishing, obviously, and and you know, I guess people don't really think about, especially when you're deep sea fishing, how important sometimes, depending on what kind of fish you're fishing for. That uh, you are do have the ability uh, to uh, to have a firearm with you, but I think my most important point was uh, had to do with the fact that this the Second Amendment ultimately though is not about hunting and fishing. It's about self reliance. It's about protection. It's about individual liberty, and it's about it's about protecting yourself from the overreach of government. Um, I mean that's very specifically Jefferson Adams. Um, uh, uh, Monroe, they all talk about this at one point or another, the overreach of government. And Jefferson specifically was very, very vocal about uh, he was worried about the what he called the consolidation of power um, on, you know, to the federal government itself. And uh, I mean, he's the one that's most often quoted as talking about, uh, you know, the time to time, the tree of liberty must be watered with the blood of patriots and tyrants kind of thing. I mean, he knew the danger of that. Um, And so they were, you know, to them, something that was very self-evident, the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, That's why it had to be put into an amendment form, because they realized that maybe it may be self-evident to them, but to others. Uh, and people in the future, it may not have been that evident, which is why I think they put it into the amendment process. Uh, and it has been that check and balance against government overreach for the last, you know, 250 something years. It has been that it has been the check against government. Now, government has had creep. I've had a lot of mission creep. They've had a lot of creep into our lives. Um but uh, the the one thing that's held them back, I think, from full blown, uh, you know, nineteen eighty four type uh, police state tyranny, is the Second Amendment, uh, and it's government's nature to grow. And so that's again the only thing that's kind of kept them in check. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that here on the other side. Terry, thank you for your phone call. Lines are open right now at three one nine five two seven three eight six four. But I gotta go. I gotta get back up to your slaves to the clock. We're gonna be back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, Liberty Bays, read
Building and Radio. It is Firearms Friday. We're back right after this. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Radio. Okay. Uh, in the break right now. Look at you guys. Thank you to Sandy. Sandy has followed me on Twitch. And I am now only two away from hitting that 50 mark. Um... So if you, uh, I only need two more. I only need two more. So close. I can just, uh, just trying to, oh. you know, you can download the app and then you could delete the app if you don't ever want to do it again. But no, uh, I don't even have a Twitch app on my phone. I, I, oh God, just dropped something. Um, I, um, I don't think I even have a Twitch app. I've watched, I usually, I do watch Twitch occasionally, but I usually watch it on my browser and my computer, or I watch it through the smart app, uh, smart app on my TV. And I do have that. I do have a smart app on my TV for Twitch, uh, because I enjoy it. Sometimes there's good discussions up there. Sometimes there's some good DIY stuff. And then sometimes there's some good gaming to watch people. You know, you never would have thought. Um, uh, you never would have thought that, uh, uh, that watching people play games would be such a uh, fascinating thing. But it's a it's a whole cultural thing. It's a whole cultural thing. People have built entire YouTube channels uh, of uh, hundreds of thousands of people watching them play through a video game. Um, it's mostly about the personalities, but it's 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 an interesting an interesting conundrum. All right. Cats, man, it rained cats and moose last evening. Boy, it's been raining up at my place out here in Wasilla. It has been raining uh, yesterday. It was like heavy winds and rain and then pretty much rain all day. And then this morning, still more rain. In fact, it has been raining. Uh, we had a, well, we had one nice afternoon and we had one day over the weekend that was nice. But it has been raining for <laughs> six weeks straight here. Oh man. Oh, what a, what a day. What a day. Uh, Rick says, wow, dude, you are on a roll. That was a little bit ago. I don't know what I was on a roll about at that point, but I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I could be on a roll for you. Usually when I follow people, I get restraining orders, not shout outs, (laughs) said Brian. (laughs) Well, that's true. Uh, but it's mostly because you're weird, dude. That's what it is, you know. Uh, yes, if you follow, uh, you will get a shout out. If you follow me on Twitch this morning, you will get a shout out on Twitch. Uh, you excuse me, you'll get a shout out everywhere. Uh, I only need two more followers on Twitch to get to my to to get to, to take it to take it to the next level. It's all I need. Just two more. We're at forty eight. Started yesterday at thirty four. Or something. So, uh, I mean, there's only 33 of you watching across all the platforms this morning. Normally, we're up to 70, but you know, it's Friday. Everybody, you know, it's it is what it is. 
but 38 of you. So if just two of the 38 of you who haven't already followed would go over to Twitch and follow, you would you'd make me a happy, happy man. Happy. I would do a happy dance. I would do a happy dance right here for you. Coming up on Monday's show, well, let's see. Sarah, Sarah Vance is going to be joining us. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you. I sent out an email yesterday. In fact, I went to a bunch of, uh, uh, I went to a, I sent out a bunch of emails, over 100 emails yesterday. I mean, not individually. I sent them out to 100 people, uh, to all the candidates that were listed on the state website. And uh, I got quite a few responses. Uh, Looks like we're going to have Les Guerra on the program and Roger Holland and Cliff Groh. And uh, Rosalind Casey and um, um, Stephen Wright and some other folks. Uh, we're going to have a lot of them out there. Jessica Wright's also going to be on the program. Uh, Justin Ruffridge is going to be on the program. Willie Keppel, uh, Rob Myers, Arthur Surkov, Ginger Bryant, Sharon Jackson. I got a bunch of emails. I got a bunch of emails back. It was pretty... Pretty gratifying to know that we're going to be full for the next uh, few weeks for sure. Um, And uh, so you get a chance to tune in and listen in. You might want to be telling your friends about it. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah, I know. Hey, I told them this is a show that, uh, you know, Terry, you may not like the candidate, but, you know, one of the things you can say about this show is that we try and give everybody a fair shake. It doesn't mean we won't argue with them. It just means that we won't personally attack them. We We may attack the policies. But uh, we uh, we won't attack the person because that's who we are. Look at that. The other Sandy. I got two Sandy. Sandy, A.K. Sandy K. and Sandy in Alaska. Thank you, Sandys, both of you, for following me on Twitch. That means what does that mean? It means one more, right? Is that is that what it means? I'm looking here. How many? I'm trying to get it to refresh. One. No, I'm at fifty. You guys are awesome. Happy dance. Happy dance. Here we go. Oh, man. I'm so happy. Um, I was just talking with the uh, with the various chat rooms because uh, it doesn't matter where you join me out there uh, on the Internet for the simulcast. I can see all the chats at once. And uh, I've been asking people to go over to my Twitch channel and follow me there. And we just hit the magical number over there on Twitch. I'm so excited. Eh, it's going to be fun. I'm just growing my broadcast empire. Um, you know, one subscription at a time. That's all we're doing right there. Uh, for those of you who are listening on terrestrial radio, no big deal. No big deal. It's just, you know, it's weird how radio, I mean, sidebar, it's weird how radio has changed over the last, um, you know, especially over the last five or six years. Radio has been slowly changing, uh, you know, with the advent of the internet and digital and marketing and all this other kind of stuff. And then, of course, YouTube and, 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 you know, radio kind of changed over the years. And now um, it is uh, old hat. 
well, more and more, I guess, it's becoming old hat for uh, radio shows to simulcast themselves on the Internet and do things like that. But I've been doing this for six years. I've been broadcasting and simulcasting on the Internet for I was doing it before it was cool. I was doing it before it was cool just because I saw that there's a whole different audience out there, you know, and that my whole point is, is that I'm trying to I enjoy doing radio and I enjoy educating people. I mean, Firearms Friday is a prime example. I enjoy educating people about firearms and gun laws and gun rights and why they're important and all those things. The problem is, in a lot of ways, and I've said this many times on the program before, Firearms Friday is not for you people who are already 100% pro-gun in the gun culture. That show is not for you. It's really directed at people who are gun-friendly, ambivalent, who don't really know, who are curious, who are not anti or pro one way or the other. And I realized that in terrestrial radio, the demographic for, you know, for listenership in regular talk radio is an older demographic. And it's an older, aging, aging out, diminishing i.e. we're all getting older, we're all going to die. It's an older demographic. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to reach out to some of them younger millennial kids. And so that's why I originally started um, broadcasting. Uh, I was in my mid-40s at the time. That's why I originally started broadcasting uh, on uh, Periscope and then Facebook and then adding YouTube and then Twitch and all these other things because I realized that there's a lot of other people out there that, uh, you know, that that – May not be your regular talk radio listeners, but might catch us on the on the video side. They might be scrolling through Facebook in the morning and see us. Anyway, that was my sidebar. That was just the whole point of, uh, of that. But it is Firearms Friday where your calls reign supreme and we get a chance to talk about all the things that are Second Amendment related. And I've got another phone call. So why don't we go over there and see what you guys have to say? I do want to continue on my discussion about uh, the Second Amendment and its import in holding the growth of federal government in check. But let's go over here to the phones to see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, Michael, it's Fred. How you been? Well, Fred in Rhode Island. How are you, my friend? Fred calls in every week Great. from across the country. Um, and you found us on the Internet, right, Fred? I mean, that's where you found us to begin with? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, definitely on the internet. Actually, my 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 girlfriend at the time in Alaska, you know, she listened to you on the uh, terrestrial. However, she pointed out, you know, the internet, pointed out the internet part of it, and that's how I that, that's how I found out about well, it. Fantastic. I want to know when you're going to go syndicated. Well, I mean, we're syndicated across the state of Alaska. Do I need to go any further? I mean, uh, you know, I mean. Oh, they they they. <laughs> There's, 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 a, there's 49 more states and a good part of Canada that probably like to hear this. Oh, man. On, oh, on man. Syndicated, syndicated network. Isn't that the dream of every radio broadcaster in the long run? That's a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of work. Uh, well, so, I think it'd be right up there with Tom Grissom and the rest of them, to be honest with you. Well, you know, I, you, you I would stand out. See, then it would have to be five days of gun talk if I was going up against somebody like Tom Grisham. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, what's on your mind, Fred? What's going on with you today? But anyway, you want to point out, you know, the when we, I think, you know, we, the way things are going, as far as not only the Second Amendment, but all the other issues that we're facing in uh, the country today, you know, the uh, is, you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously, I won't call it a conspiracy, but it's definitely a, 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 a socialist wave. Let's put it here that way, you know, with the communist, uh, communist action, and uh, it's really, you know, we, we, I think the only way we're really going to be able to combat this. 
is to put some type of a, not necessarily term limits, but some type of control on these politicians who want to, uh, who want to alter things for, for various reasons and uh, influences are being put upon them. And uh, I think the only way that we're going to do that is to find some way to definitely put a, put a leash on their, 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 their control. I mean, they have control to a point where they, you know, pro they prove that they're uh, no longer either effective, uh, have the ability to govern properly, or, you know, definitely become a threat, which uh, could be more and more every day to our freedoms and uh, our, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. Right. And our way of life, that they want to they take that away for a number of reasons, globally, I think. And I think we should have a control. I mean, they're definitely going to find a way to put in, gov put in our laws a means of controlling what they do and a means of getting rid of them quickly. You know, like, uh, you know, like they, the problem with elections is like they did with the Newsom recall and a few others. They can be, they can be influenced and you know, they ballot box stuffing and all the other nonsense that goes on, especially in the electronic age. But uh, all they have to do is push a button and all of a sudden 10 million votes show up for the other guy out of, out of nowhere at 3 o'clock in the morning. But that's a story for another day. However, right. it does, I think I believe it can exist and does exist. So we've got to find a way to be, be able to get rid of these people who are, are problem, problematic. Well, I mean, the, the, here's the thing, Fred, um, and I've said this about government before. Government attracts a certain kind of person, uh, a person who is very much, I think, a believer in the narrative. Uh, and the narrative is that the only way that society can move forward is with the direct benevolent intervention of government. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of savages. And without government, we'd be lost. And they have a tendency to flock to government to try and be part of that. They want to be part of something. So that's what they do. It doesn't make them bad or evil. It's just they're attracted to that because they believe that that's what's going to make a difference in society. And unfortunately, when you fill government up with a bunch of those people and they believe that the only way forward is with government, that's what they do. Uh, you talk about you know laws becoming ineffective and some of those other things. We have very much talked about that on the program in the terms of uh, the idea of an Irish democracy, where you start making more and more laws that become more and more onerous and or more and more ridiculous. And at some point, the average citizen just stops paying attention and stops obeying the law, not necessarily because they're lawbreakers, but because it's inconvenient. And the, and the stupidity and the, and the variety of the laws are so much that they just kind of throw their hands up in the air or they're just quietly civilly disobedient about it. And that's when you get into a danger point, because at that point, the the trust in government and faith in government is so low um, and they reach a tipping point to where people just basically ignore the law altogether. And we've seen that across the country. We've seen that, you you know, in your neighboring and up there, Connecticut and New York, uh, your near neighbors there where they had these, uh, uh, you know, these huge assault weapons bans and they've had a compliant rate in, uh, in the single digits of the registration and the turn-ins and everything else. People just have realized we're not bad people. We're not criminals. You're trying to criminalize us and we just refuse to participate. That's that can be a dangerous tipping point at one at, at some time. Well problem your problem problem there is, you know, even though, you know, I mean most good people, you know, I, mean, I consider myself to be one of them. I'm sure a lot of oh, there's a lot more, including yourself, that are good people want to obey the law. They want to obey the law, you know, and this is, so if they sit there and they want to ban right, something and right. say, well, you can't have this anymore because we say so and we just made it a law, and now you're technically breaking the law by ignoring them, 
even though you know you are standing up for your right to do you know to more uphold your own of what you believe and the constitution and bill of rights that you are in, you are entitled to you know you are still now a criminal you know in society by doing that and it it, it, it kind of it, it's like sandpaper you know it's like running right, running right. your fingernails on sandpaper well it it's not it's not a very pleasant thing to have to live with well I absolutely mean, you have to take principles and the only other, it's just going to boil, come down to a point where it's going to be a major division. It's going to turn into a civil war. Well, and here's the thing. And that's, unfortunate. that's really yeah. something you don't want to see. Here's the thing, Fred. When you, turn, when you turn regular citizens, when you when you turn them into lawbreakers because your laws are so stupid and onerous, that's when you have a problem. When the people, as you say, want to abide by the law. we got to go. Hour two, dead ahead. Hold on, Fred. Back with more of The Michael Duke Show. I mean, look, they, we've talked about this too. You know, when you when you basically criminalize all these law-abiding citizens, and I agree with you, the average American wants to be the rule-following, law-abiding citizen. But when they start to see things that are blatantly unconstitutional or anti-freedom at their core, they start to push yeah. back. I mean, the most American of exercises is civil disobedience. Uh, of all yep. the places in the world that are out there, Americans are the one most likely to just quietly ignore a law rather than blatantly go around, you know, with pitchforks and torches and and uh, and and blatantly do it. They're just going to quietly ignore the law. And when you pass a law, and and for example, we're going to talk about this ATF pistol brace ruling that's coming down, mm-hmm. and they're going to yeah. turn they're going to turn four million Americans into criminals if they fail to comply. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got right. average law-abiding citizens who've never broken a law, have no intention of breaking a law, have have exercising their rights freely, bought a legal lawful product, and now you're going to criminalize them, that leaves a really bad taste in citizens' mouth and they have more of a more of a of a of a of an uh, a, a, a more than even chance of basically just ignoring it and saying, uh, you know, the law's stupid and I'm not going to follow it. Well, I think we got to go beyond, beyond, we got to go beyond that, beyond just ignoring the law. Like I mentioned before, we have some type of control over the, over the politicians themselves, the rule makers themselves, the, you know, the uh, legislators, where they can be, see, right now, they, they, they live with impunity. They can do whatever they want for the term that they're in until the next election. And then, they, you know, and, and as long as they're in power, as long as they stay there doing what they're doing, they can just really do anything they want and just turn, you know, everyday, every, everyday life into a living hell for everybody uh, who does not agree with them, of right. course, you know, not, while, not, not while, exempting, while exempting themselves from that, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, it, it, exempting themselves that, from the that, that's why That's why they got to have a means to get rid of them. I mean, yeah. have a type of a, a national vote. You know what? Biden's an idiot. He doesn't belong in office. Lower to drop the hammer on them and get them out of there within 30 days. Really, either that or you know, force force the Congress, force Pelosi to enact the, the 25th Amendment, or something like that for any politician that follows that rule, whether it be state level or on the federal level. They got to have some. They don't have any. They don't have anything to threaten them, so they can do. They live with impunity. However, if there's something there, then they're going to have to walk the straight and narrow like everybody else because. No, their their time is will be definitely limited, and they'll be thrown out. They'll be removed, yeah. and we don't have that. 
then it's going to turn into it's got it's got, it, it's going to get it could get ugly. It could get yeah. very ugly. Well, what we need to do going on the way they're going. Here's my idea, Fred. Here's what we need to do because again, the problem with people who are more freedom minded who are more liberty conscious and more freedom minded is that they just for the most part want to be left alone, right? The exactly. prob- the problem exactly. the problem is is that because we just want to be left alone, we have a tendency to leave everybody else alone and then government is what happens to us when we're not paying attention. And so what we need to right. do is we need to gather up more freedom minded people, more liberty minded people and educate them on this, to, to educate them about the the politicians and the regulations and the bureaucracies and things like that and encourage them to go out there and change the system. Um, again, the people who join government, uh, some saying are the authoritarian types, but I again, I just believe a lot of them are people who have are basically good natured. They just believe that they have that belief that, oh, only only way we can move forward is, and advance as a society is with the is with the direction of government. They've got to be there to hold our hand. And so then they join well, and become part of it. And yeah, so. I, I, I think I think I think in this day and age we're dealing more with a go along get along you know uh, a aspect of politics especially on the you know the Democrat the DNC and the liberal left and the progressives that the go along get along you either with us or you're against us and if you're against us we are going to steamroll you and you know knock yeah. you out of existence like we do with all our other components. Well, and that's part, that's part of the polarization. Look, that's part of the polarization. That's both on the left and the right now. That used to be exclusively a left-wing philosophy, is that if you're not for us, then you're absolutely the enemy and against us, and we need to destroy you. And now it's become a policy on the right as well. We can't find the common ground. We can't find the people in the—and I'll be honest with you, the people who are in the middle, who are neither, neither left-wing nor right-wing fully on either way, they're, the, they're just scratching mm-hmm. their heads and they're throwing their hands up going, I am so sick of this argument. I just want, can't we just find, you know, some middle ground and work down the middle and do that? Um, but everybody right. wants, everybody right. wants to wreck each other. They want it. You're not with me. Then you must be against me. Uh, and, right. and you're the enemy. And that is, that is polarization. That is balkanization. That is what is causing a lot of this strife. We need to come together and find solutions yeah. without trying to kill each other. Not literally, but you know, allegorically, not literally in that. So, well, Fred, thank you so much for listening out there. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, Make sure you share us with all your friends and neighbors. We appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Uh, Appreciate you calling in this morning uh, on the program. Uh, It's Fred out in Rhode Island. Uh, Kevin McCabe uh, became number fifty-one follower, number fifty-one. Your your handle on Twitch, Kevin McCabe for Dukes. That is. First of all, all I could think of is, wait a second, is that my running for office? No, I'm not. But but thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. Look at that. We're up to 51 followers on Twitch now. Oh, man, 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 man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I'm voting for Charlie Pierce and Edie Grunewald. Rank the red. Want common ground. Pierce Grunewald worked together to negotiate with Alaska for Alaska first. This, yes, Sherry, I'm in agreement, hundred percent. I think it's going to be. I think that's that's where I'm going this whole way. Uh, I can't wait to do it. All right, hour two is coming up. Um, we're 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 going to jump into this, and we got Chris Chang, and we got Willie Waffle, and uh, more. The Michael Luke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow, follow and share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. Here we go.
put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Take my rifle, this is my gun. This is for fighting, this is for fun. Firearms Friday. Yep, you know it. Hour two of uh, the Michael Duke Show for this Friday. That would be Firearms Friday. Uh, Sandy just asked in the chat room if you're able to pick up my show on shortwave radio. No, unfortunately. I mean, I'm a lot of places. I'm on the internet. I'm on terrestrial radio. I'm on the podcasts, uh, but I am not on terrestrial. I am not on a shortwave radio, unfortunately. So there you go. It's, uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, anyway, welcome back to the program. Hour two firearms Friday is the one day a week that we dedicate to talking about the Second Amendment uh, and uh, gun rights and everything else. And it's a show where we try and educate you. If you are don't know about, you know, firearms or guns or your this is the place. This is the place to to come. Uh, we will try and answer your questions. We will try and talk about, uh, you know, uh, issues related to gun rights and things like that and try and demystify. We'll try and demystify the firearm to you. Um, we were just talking with Fred from Rhode Island before we went to break, and he continued on with us for a little bit after the, you know, into the break in the commercial break. We were talking with him in the chat room and uh, he continued to talk a little bit about, again, these laws where, uh, you know, more and more laws go on the books and you basically criminalize average law-abiding Americans and how it creates a sense, not only does it create a sense of distrust um, uh, of the average citizenry with the government, but it shows how much that overreach is, uh, it really is not affecting, that it's really not about, for example, stopping crime. It's really not about that. It is really about criminalizing average law-abiding behavior and, uh, you know, creating more and more power and, re- and reasons for bureaucracy to enforce that power. Case in point, um, the ATF uh, is now, um, uh, it has been talking about the pistol brace ruling for a while. Now, for those of you who don't know what a pistol brace is, um, you can have a pistol brace that is built on a, for example, an AR platform, an AR-15. It's actually will be, it would be an AR-15, but with a very short barrel, you know, seven, 10 inch barrel and no stock on the shoulder. Uh, and so basically it's a pistol grip, the magazine and the foregrip, and that's it. And it is, a, it is technically a pistol. It is a rifle caliber pistol. 
Um, a few years ago, uh, I think it was, um, uh, it wasn't Smith and Wesson. Oh, it, I think it was Sig. Sig Sauer uh, designed what they called a pistol brace. And what it was, it was a little tiny stub that uh, fit onto the end of a AR-style pistol uh, where the stock would be. And uh, you, you've seen those crutches, right? That are the metal crutches that have the the handles, but then they have just the cuff that goes over your forearm. You know, they're not up underneath the sh- up underneath the armpit crutches. They're the short crutches that have got just the little floppy cuff, uh, the the C clip cuff that goes around your forearm, and you you know use your hands and your forearms, right? That kind of thing. Well, that's similar to what this this arm brace was. Is that it was essentially a cuff on a stick that went. Uh, from the back of the pistol, and it and it clipped over the top of your forearm. And ideally, this was to stabilize the pistol because there can be a lot of recoil in a rifle caliber uh, pistol. Even a semi-auto, you know, it can happen. And they were they were direct. They were trying to also help disabled shooters who may not have the strength. Uh, or the mobility to do that. That was kind of the whole point. So they've got these determination letters over the years from the ATF about these are legal, but they're only a pistol, and you're not supposed to hold them up to your shoulder because they're they're really stubby. They're not really they're not really shoulder length to begin with. They're not a uh, because if you took a pistol, if you took a an AR pistol with a 10 inch barrel and you put a regular stock on it, well now you're a felon without registering it because it is technically a short barreled rifle, right? That's the, that's the, anything with a, with a barrel length of less than 16 inches and yada, yada. I mean, it is a short barreled rifle, but because this thing was so short coupled and it was built to go over the forearm, technically it was still part of the pistol. And uh, the ATF has come out with that. Well, the last couple of years, they've been talking about changing that because let's face it, sometimes people hold those things up to their shoulders like they're like their shoulder stocks. They just they do it. That's, you know. But again, I, I can't try to figure out the lethality difference between an AR pistol with a 10 inch barrel and a short barrel rifle with a 10 inch barrel. There, There's the, the I mean, again, this is splitting hairs on things that really don't matter. You know, it's like a short-barreled rifle versus a long-barreled rifle. Well, the long-barreled rifle is going to be much more accurate. It's usually going to develop more power because it has longer for the pressure to build up under it. I mean, there's a lot of things for it, but, I mean, each one has their place. But for one, I've got to beg the government's permission, give them $200, my fingerprints, wait 10 months, do all that kind of stuff. And then the other, I can buy one, you know, on the spot kind of thing. Again, this goes back to to basically outlawing or making illegal what is normal, lawful, legal behavior. Well, the ATF is going at it again. They've now, uh, the ATF um, has not been making friends lately with a lot. We talked a little bit last week about their stop and knocks on, on people's doors without warrants, demanding to see guns and things like that. Well, now, Ammoland has uncovered some interesting stuff. They've uncovered information showing that the BATF&E, the ATF, is planning to force gun owners to register firearms with pistol braces as NFA items, National Firearms Act items. 
There was a document uncovered in a budget justification from the ATF to the OMB, the Office of Management and Budget. The f- this form confirms the leaked information that Amoland News has heard for months from sources inside the ATF. Here is what is said in the document. Due to the upcoming amnesty registration of pistol brace weapons, photos of the weapon being registered will be required to prove the weapon does utilize a pistol brace in its configuration and would qualify for an amnesty registration. Now, the document apparently points to what is a planned final rule of what's going to be on with pistol braces. It also outlines the cost of this absolutely useless measure. It says, quote, the total estimated cost associated with this IC is $1.472 million, which is calculated as follows. $57.26, which is the average cost per respondent to prepare and mail the packet, uh, times 25,716 total respondents, with an estimated annual cost of $1.1 million to the federal government. Now, they've been talking about a rule change on pistol braces for quite a while. Um, And at the end of the day, the pistol brace, all it does is add to the accuracy in which an individual can fire a firearm. Now, that really goes either way, whether they strap it to their forearm or whether they bring it up to their shoulder. Either way, it adds to the accuracy. But the ATF just seems like they want to make it more burdensome for people to be accurate. They also want to create a burden for handicapped people. That's that's the other thing. Um, according to uh, inside sources, Amelan continued to say, according to inside sources from the ATF, that they were planning for an amnesty period where gun owners would be able to register their pistol braces, uh, their braced pistols as short-barreled rifles, and that it, they uh, expected that they will receive a free tax stamp. So there's there's your there's your worm on the hook. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. It's free. You don't have to pay the $200 tax stamp. Just register and it's free. There are 4 million pistol braces, by the way, in the U.S. 4 million. So again, this just comes back to normalizing the criminalization of law-abiding citizens. This does nothing to stop crime. This does nothing to make people safer. This is more bureaucracy for bureaucracy's sake. They have decided that because a firearm is a certain length or a certain color or a certain configuration, that somehow the one is good, the other is bad. Uh, The thing is bad unless you ask Uncle Sam for his blessing. Then it's good. Right? I mean, that's the thing. Oh, don't don't do that without asking our... If we give our blessing, then it's fine, but only with our blessing. But this, again, goes back to that whole idea of basically normalizing the criminalization of what is essentially law-abiding behavior. And you're going to reach a point to where people are just going to stop complying with that. They're just just not going to... You know, and what will that lead to? Oh, probably more arrests of average law-abiding citizens for just, you know, ignoring and being civilly disobedient. Until people wake up and realize that this thing is, I mean, this is, this is a slow slip of our freedoms. As much as we're clawing back things like the Bruin case in the, in the Supreme Court, where we're clawing back that. I mean, look at the reaction of New York to the Bruin case. 
a cut and dried case of the Supreme Court said you can't impede, you can't do that, you can't put extra strictures on. And what's the first thing they do? They essentially declare, you know, two thirds of New York City in a patchwork, a gun free zone where the average person who walks out of the house with their firearm under their coat is probably committing a felony 15 times just walking across the city unknowingly. You are criminalizing the behavior of law-abiding citizens. Do you ever wonder why people are so mad? Do you ever wonder? I don't. Again, how is this helping? How is this making us safer? How is this, you know, doing all the things that we talk about? How does this... It, it's not. It's an exercise in bureaucratic authoritarianism. It is an exercise in we know better than you how you should live our lives. And because we don't like firearms, that means that you shouldn't be able to exercise those rights. All right, we got to go. Chris Chang is coming up next. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, going back here. I'm all for about working together, but the left keep moving the middle towards their side. What, where, do you, where do you draw the line, MD? I'm not talking about violating your principles, Gordon. I'm talking about finding common ground uh, with with people. And, and I'm not even talking about finding common ground with the fringes because I think the fringes on both sides, both the left and the right, they're going to do what they're going to do. I think the people more that are more in the middle that can create some kind of consensus between them need to be more actively involved. I think that's what's going on. The decades of seeing braces used at ranges have never seen a brace used as designed every single time it was brought up to the shoulder. If people want an SBR, says Gary, do a Form 4. Why, Gary? Why? I mean, give me the justification for why an SBR should be. Give me a justification of why if you want a 12-inch barrel on your AR instead of a 16-inch barrel, you should have to beg the government's permission and pay them an additional $200. Why? I'm just asking. Brian says, I think the argument is concealed ability. Yeah, and, and I know that's the argument. Well, we don't want shot off shotguns because you can hide those in your coat. Bitch, please. They've been hiding pistols and rifles and shotguns under coats for years, and it doesn't stop the criminals from doing any of that. It doesn't stop them from doing any of that. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Do we have any good news? We'll do some good news on Monday. Uh, a free tax, what is that? Yeah, exactly. What is that? That's an oxymoron. And it gets more firearms registered. Exactly. 
I mean, again, the, the whole point of this is nothing. It is not going to it's not making anyone safer. It's not reducing crime. It's not doing anything but normalizing the criminalization of law abiding behavior by law abiding citizens who is punished for all these firearms laws that we've seen over the years. The criminals aren't punished. They don't care. They by the way, that's why we call them criminals is because they ignore the law. Right. If another way, otherwise we call them law abiding citizens. So who's really harmed? Law-abiding citizens. And we see it again and again and again. That's what these regulations are, 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 are you know. And the key to elect, and this, Gary's right on this, the key is to elect people to help repeal the NFA rulings in their entirety. And I could not agree more. I believe we need to repeal the 1986 FOPA and the 1934 NFA. My personal belief. But maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. Let's find out to see what other people seem to think. Uh, most importantly, Top Shot, Chris Chang, joins us this morning on the program, and uh, we're uh, we're touching in with him to see what's uh, happening. Hey there, Hot Stuff. What's uh, what's going on? Good morning. Well, it's uh, it's Firearms Friday. Excited to be here and talk about it. I, I heard NFA. I heard uh, also free tax, which, you know, everyone loves. Everyone loves taxing. <laughs> right. I love a free, free tax. Ones. I love a free tax. Have you seen this piece in Amalan talking about the potential, the NFA, um, the ruling that they that they found inside of a budget uh, amendment thing that there's actually verbiage basically saying they're going to put all the braced pistols. Uh, they're going to force them all onto the uh, NFA list. Wow. It's. You know, the anti-gunners, they're, they're pulling all the stops here. And, you know, just because we had this momentous Supreme Court decision in favor of the Second Amendment a few months ago does not mean we can rest on our laurels at all. And in fact, it has really fired up the anti-gun base. And they're, they're really stretching and pushing into areas that we haven't really seen before. And like this pistol brace example, you know, trying to roll it into an NFA, you know, make us pay another $200, you know, for a tax stamp and heavily restricts, right, the ability for people to uh, acquire, you know, particular firearms parts. Um, I've been reading a lot about 3D printing, you know, coming under, uh, coming under continued attack. And so the anti-gunners are full core press right now. Yeah. And we're seeing it here in California, uh, in, in New York with the recent Times Square gun free zone. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about that. We're going to jump in. We're about to rejoin the radio. And that's where our focus is going to be this morning. And we'll talk about the brace. we got a lot to talk about, my friend. It's going to be fun stuff. So let's get back into it. Chris Chang, our guest, Top Shot champion. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. All right, welcome back to the program. It is Firearms Friday, Hour 2, and being the second Friday of the month, we are joined by our monthly guest, Top Shot Chris Chang, who is, of course, the champion from the fourth season of the History Channel show Top Shot. He's also author of the book Shoot to Win, 
And he's been an NSSF spokesperson. Uh, he's uh, become a professional shooter. Uh, he's in the Silicon Valley. He lives in San Francisco in the heart of the People's Republic of California. And so he's got some, I mean, I, I want to make a comment about living behind enemy lines and all that, but I just don't know if that's appropriate. Uh, Chris Chang joins us. Good morning, my friend. How are you this morning? Good morning. Excited to be here and talk about Firearms Friday. I mean, it is. It's Firearms Friday. You got to smile. I mean, as frustrated as we oh, get, yeah. we got to smile. Any day we can spend a couple hours talking about guns is not a bad deal. Um, Chris, you and I were just chatting during the break uh, coming into this because we had just we were just talking about the ATF. It looks like now. Uh, through this appropriation process, uh, this document went out to OMB talking about how due to the upcoming registry, amnesty registry of pistol braces, we need this money due to the upcoming amnesty registration of pistol braces. It looks like they're going to force everybody to put a pistol braced, uh, a braced pistol on a uh, on a form one. And uh, and 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 to me, this is, again, just more useless regulatory hurdles. And we can liken this back to New York as well. But, I mean, it's not making anybody safer. It's not making the gun any more powerful or anything else. It, it increases accuracy, I guess, just like a shoulder shoulder stock increases accuracy and a longer barrel increases accuracy. But other than that, it really does nothing other than increase the bureaucratic creep and give the bureaucracy more power to interfere in the lives of law-abiding citizens. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's another disgusting ploy. I mean, part of this is it's it's a, it's a gun grab. It's also a big money grab. You know, any items that go under the NFA require a two hundred dollar tax stamp. And then in certain states like California, which heavily restrict NFA items, even more so than than uh, you know other states, uh, it, it basically either one turns existing owners of pistol braces into criminals. Or then we have to, you know, destroy the device, or we have to remove the device out of state. And to the point, though, criminals aren't going to follow any of these laws, right? They're going to look at a uh, a tax stamp, and they're going to say, "Well, why, why would I be registering this item with the government when they have malintent and they're going to go commit crimes?" Right. So this is just yet another piece of gun control, where. Anti-gunners think that it's you know going to do some wonderful, amazing magic wand, hand wavy things to make our country safer. When in fact, it's it's quite the opposite. And the only ones who are penalized are us, the responsible law-abiding citizens. Right. I mean, I was just making that point. I mean, criminals, by the very definition of the word criminal, break the law. They don't. You know, it's every politician's out there. If I just had this one more law, we would be a safe and utopian society. So let's just pass this one more law. And you're like, wait a second, criminals, they break the law anyway, right? Oh, yeah, they do. Okay, I, I get it. Uh, but even then, we, we get this disdain for the rule of law. We look at New York, the Bruin decision uh, in New York. Uh, they basically said slapped every state in the union that has a has a a, 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 a must not a must issue but a, a have to provide a right as or a reason as to why you should be able to carry. They basically slapped them all on the hand and said no, that's an infringement. You shouldn't. They should not have to justify why they want to exercise their right. You guys are in the wrong. Uh, some states have kind of held back. Some states have not done anything. But New York, New York decided. 
Okay, fine. Let me stick my finger in your eye and we will create a patchwork of areas across the city where it's literally impossible to walk out your door and walk across town without breaking, becoming a felon 15 times because we've made it illegal in churches and parks and on streets and in Times Squares and in businesses and in theaters. And in, I mean, they just, it's just this laundry list of places. It is basically making it illegal without making – tell me, you know, how you want to make it illegal without making it illegal, right? That's what they're doing right there. Yeah, this, uh, this, this notion that we can simply put up signs that say gun-free zone and expect criminals to follow – this is the, the recurring theme here that, right, we can't expect criminals to follow the law, especially with something like a gun-free zone or you're not allowed to bring a concealed weapon into certain places – you know, the, the notion of securing Times Square is, I mean, unless it's New Year's Eve style, right, where they're putting up the barricades and putting up metal detectors. I mean, like, that's what it would take, right, if you're really going to enforce a gun-free zone. But clearly, that's not what's going to happen. That's not what we should do either, right? We don't want to overly fortify some of these public spaces. And in fact, right, the, the paradox here is concealed carry is something that can make our community safer, right? If there, if there is a threat, we can put a first responder right closer to the threat. And that's obviously something that New York politicians don't understand. They don't appreciate, they fear, right? They fear the responsible law-abiding gun owner, which is the person that, that they're not supposed to fear, right? We're all supposed to be fearing the criminals, right? And let's focus legislation on criminals let's focus our time and attention on the hard problems which is trying to reduce crime right and, right. and making gun free zones right. isn't going to reduce crime it's not attacking the root cause of crime it's not addressing poverty and lack of education mental health services right? so and, and a whole right bevy of other items so our politicians, you know, they're, they're looking to score real cheap political points. Right. Well, it's, By, yeah. It's for, it's almost like virtue signaling at this point. Right. Because, again, criminals are going to break the law. They're going to do it. And essentially you are targeting people who have gone through your process, paid your fees, taken your classes, gotten the fingerprints, gotten the license, done everything else. You are penalizing them instead of everyone else. And these should be the guys that are, we saw what happened at the Greenville mall, a gun, a gun-free zone where uh, the madman went in there, the shooter started some other citizen ignored the gun-free zone signs and was able to stop it. You didn't see the mall association or the mall owner being mad at him. They said, thank you to him, even though he busted their rules and he stopped a madman, a good guy with a gun. Why aren't they taking us on as partners instead of this adversarial position? And then I think that's the question. And I think a big part of it comes from responsible gun owners like you and me, right? Speaking up, right? And continuing to say, we are not the problem. Our responsible Americans who own guns, we are not the problem. We're the ones who are the trusted members of our communities, right? The ones who have taken a heightened level of responsibility to protect ourselves, our families, and our communities using a firearm. And so this is very much a public relations campaign. I, I would argue right, it's a very grassroots PR campaign that isn't necessarily centralized with you know, any particular gun rights organization or, or entity. The, the, the most basic element, right? This comes down to gun owners not being afraid to speak up, right? And say, I'm right. a gun owner. Right. 
the terrible things that I see happening out there with criminals using guns in, a, in, a, in an illegal way, it's terrible. I don't support it, right? We need more and more uh, Americans that are speaking out on behalf of, of gun owners uh, for the Second Amendment and focusing the attention again on the root causes of violence and problems. And, and gun control is never the answer. I went back to it in the in the uh, um, in the last hour, and I was talking about this: the normalization, uh, the normalizing of the criminalization of law-abiding behavior, and that's what we're seeing in things like the ATF and this this uh, bump, uh, this uh, 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 pistol brace issue. You know, where over the years they've slowly taken what is the average law-abiding citizen it doesn't have a problem with a short barrel rifle or an AOW or a pistol-braced, uh, uh, you know, a braced pistol or anything else. But what they've done is they've slowly chopped away at that, and they are normalizing this criminalization. Four million people own pistol braces right now. I mean, that's what the estimate is. Four million. So you are going to turn essentially turn four million people into felons overnight if they don't lick the boot. And, uh, oh, don't worry, we, they won't have to pay the $200. It'll be a free tax stamp this one time, but in 90 days, then you're going to have to pay or you're going to the Hooskow. I mean, talk to me, are you seeing it the same? Am I crazy? Or or are you seeing it this kind of normalizing the criminalization of law-abiding behavior to the point to where the average citizen is just locked in? It, it is that, you know, we've seen this with magazine capacity restrictions or magazine bans. You know, in California, you know, there's been a whole zigzag and whiplash of, you know, 30 round AR mags are illegal, but then they're legal and then, you know, they're illegal to buy. But now they are legal to buy, you know, for two week freedom week, you know, periods. Right, right. And so, yeah, it's it's just this constant uh, criminalization of legal behavior. And then the problem here, especially with the pistol brace registration scheme, is it's just another registration scheme, right, to collect information right, right. on responsible Americans. And now all of a sudden, right, the, the government has a larger database where they know, look, well, just because you have you know, a, the, the, a pistol brace is just a modified you know, type of buttstock. But I think it's uh, pretty safe to assume, well, if you own the buttstock or, or the pistol brace, right, you also own you know, the barrel and you know, the, the lower receiver. It's, and it's this actual firearm, right? Um, and so the government right, then knows more Americans who own guns. And if that day ever comes right, where the government wants to target and confiscate you know, weapons from uh, responsible law-abiding Americans, this movement towards criminalizing, law-abiding uh, ownership of firearms and, and accessories. This is a, a really dangerous area for the government to be moving in and uh, something we all need to keep a very close eye on. Well, and I, I think the worst part is what you said earlier is that it's really not doing anything to soften crime. It's not making it better. All you're doing is creating more criminals and creating more distrust in government and infringing on people's rights. It's not doing a lick to actually stop the actual crime. Uh, I got less than a minute here, Chris. Uh, your final thoughts on this for today? Well, you know, New York is not the only state that is, uh, you know, continuing to turn the screws on, uh, on on gun control initiatives. Here in California, we're seeing the same thing. Uh, I'm experiencing it personally here in San Francisco as I am uh, got my CCW application in flight and the san francisco sheriff's department is uh you know really dragging their feet because they don't 
literally they don't know what they're doing because right, nobody right. applies for their CCWs and uh, <laughs> oh, I hear rumblings. <laughs> I want to talk about. about- Yeah, I want to talk about this, but we're out of time. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season 4. We'll see you next month. Back with then, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Hi, Chris. I mean, we got to talk about this because, I mean, I can't imagine being in uh, San Francisco and the guys just look at you blankly when you hand over the novels worth of paperwork that you have to give them and the multi thousand dollar check or whatever. And they just look at you and go, Oh, what's this? What do I do? I've never done one of these before. I mean, that's essentially what's going on, right? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the sheriff's deputy who processed my, uh, sort of, there's three phases to the application process in San Francisco. And, you know, the uh, phase one interview, the sheriff's deputy just looked at me and said, look, you, you need to be ready for a very long process here because we're not set up to process these applications efficiently. They didn't have a, uh, a, psych- a psychiatrist lined up who needs to do these, uh, these interviews for applicants. Um, it's also a very expensive process. You know, this, the, the psychiatrist fee, I think it's $150, you know, for the psychiatrist fee. And and you know, after all the training and the fees, it's something like seven, eight hundred dollars, I think, if you if you make it all the way right. through all three phases. So you've just immediately you've immediately this doesn't cost this doesn't count the cost of the firearm, just the licensure and all the pack seven hundred, eight hundred bucks. You've already immediately disqualified people of lower or moderate means because they there's no way they would like to be able to defend themselves, but they can't pay that money to the state. They can't pay that money to the crown because uh, they don't have it. And so yeah. It- and at a high level, you know, I come from the perspective that I think it's unconstitutional for the government to be charging fees for Americans to exercise a constitutional right. Yeah. Right. Think about it. Right? This is the only constitutional right which has any kind of fee scheme or taxing scheme. It's it's, you know, right. We don't you have to go get trained to exercise our First Amendment rights, right, to go you know, speak out in public to go, you know, practice whatever religion, you know, it's this whole notion that the government can, you know, tax and, and fee us uh, to death, right, to exercise a constitutional right, I, I think is wrong. And especially when it comes to CCW, there's no standard, right? Every county uh, across the country can, uh, can set their own rules in San Francisco County is uh, going to be really, really turning the screws here on on me and, and other CCW applicants. Yeah. Well, we know that there's going to be more court battles in the future. We, we just know it at some point. I mean, this whole New York thing is basically a wink and a nod telling people, take us to court. We're going to do this. California is trying to do some of the same things, although I was pleasantly surprised to see that their version of the New York guns are banned everywhere did fail. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, it seems like... Uh, it, it just seems like this kind of insanity has got to stop again, normalizing the criminalization of law abiding behavior by law abiding citizens are, you know, supposedly on the fact of trying to reduce crime. But you just you got ninety nine point something percent of gun owners who are legal, lawful, law abiding people. And you're making laws that affect all of them and still don't stop the criminals. Yeah, it's it's this continued hamster wheel of of um, poor train of thought, right? The, the fact that politicians think that they can pass laws, whether it's gun control 
or you know Bloomberg back in the day passed the soda ban and uh, made it illegal to buy soda. I think it was in quantities larger than 64 ounce you know cups. And what did people end up doing? Well, they'd either buy two 64 ounce cups or they'd bring their own cups and and you know fill up with 128 you know plus ounces of of soda. So you know the, this whole notion that politicians can create laws that will that will change people's behavior. I just uh, generally I, I don't like that approach. It's it's much more of a, a a stick approach when I think we we need more carrots and ultimately you know we we need to be a lot more thoughtful when it comes to uh, to to any kind of legislation involving firearms and our freedoms. Well, this kind of stuff is pushing us more and more towards an Irish democracy where people have lost respect for the government and the law because the laws are stupid and and not common sense. And uh, every time they do that, it pushes more and more law-abiding citizens over to the edge of, that makes no sense, I'm just going to ignore it, and the extent they become criminals. I mean, you know, the old axiom of when guns are outlaws, only outlaws will have guns is a true statement, simply because at some point, if they outlaw the guns and it's our constitutional right to have guns, you have to be an outlaw to follow the Constitution, and that's that's not where we want to be. That's not no. the nation that we want. You know, we want a nation that respects the laws and does commonsensical stuff instead of all this virtue signaling that we were talking about. Uh, Thirty seconds here, Chris. Uh, anything people need to go find you? What are you doing these days? You know, where do, where's your socials? Hit me with it all. Yeah. Uh, so for for me, uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook handle is at Top Shot Chris. And if you're uh, looking for a, a great book for uh, pistol, rifle, shotgun, uh, you know, tips and tricks, my book Shoot to Win is available wherever books are sold. We love it. TopshotChris.com. Chris Chang, my friend. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Okay. I like that. I like that. I know. We get to see each other now. All it's right. awesome. Well, thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. We will talk to you again uh, soon. Thanks for coming on board. Uh, folks, that brings us right up to it. Uh, we've got uh, Willie Waffle coming up next. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Well, hey there, hi there, ho there. Yep, it's Friday. You know it. We've been doing it all morning. I'm ready to get out of here, but I cannot start my Friday. My weekend cannot officially start without talking to my buddy, Willie. Don't call me William. Waffle. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good, you know. Come on, you know, I'm a big fan of the fall. I'm a big fan of football. It has all started this weekend. I'm looking forward to just sitting in a comfortable chair covered in wings. I think it's going to be great. And and pumpkin spice latte, right? I mean, that's your... T- I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I am not lying when I say I had a pumpkin pie like three weeks ago. I know. You just said that last week. And I was like, <laughs> I was like we have got a closet PSL guy here in the, in the deal, so it's fine. Pumpkin uh, is delicious. Oh, pumpkin I, is delicious. I love... I love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin bread. I love pumpkin muffins. Uh, Come on. Yo, bring it. 
My grandmother has a pumpkin pie that is not the condensed, like, thick little whatever, right, You like you see in a normal pumpkin pie that you buy. Mm-hmm. It has, like, eight eggs in it, and it's chiffoned up, and it's oh. fluffy and light as a feather and rich, and oh. it's my favorite thing in the world. So it's... Uh, oh, my God. I had one like that a few years ago. Yep. And that was the most delicious pie I ever yep. had. Well, you can go back on my Facebook page, and you can find the recipe. I put it up on I'm Facebook gonna find last it. year. That's I'm right. doing it. You could do it for yourself, my friend. It makes three pies, so you'll be happy. Um, oh, hot damn. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let's <laughs> dive into it today. Um, movie, entertainment stuff, everything else. Um, I Do I really want to talk about Kim Kardashian being in a Marvel movie? Do I... <laughs> My God, son, do I really even care? But I get, I like Marvel. I, I tell me the story. Go ahead, tell it to me. I can't deal you, with it. Okay, first of all, if it happens, it will be the end of the world. And uh, may God have mercy on your soul. Um, so the deal is, Kim Kardashian was doing a big interview with Interview Magazine. And she said, you know, I really like acting. And I've been doing some acting lately. And... Man, it'd be really fun to be in a Marvel movie. And I'm thinking, you are such a desperate person. That is just like begging for it. Like, come on, hire me, Marvel. Hire me. Put me in one of your movies. What are they going to put her in? Right, I know. That's like the most passive-aggressive thing. She'll be doing like Stan Lee-type cameos as she goes by and ask for five million bucks or something. And you're just like, no, no, no. What I What I want is I want her to be smashed by Hulk. Like he, he, oh, just, he just drops Hulk. drops a car on her, baby. Yeah, Hulk smash. I'm all about that. That would be just about <laughs> right. I mean, she's done some voice work, though, right? She did some voice work, and she did was in a Tyler Perry movie. But, I mean, ain't nobody calling her up and saying, you're Oscar material, sweetheart. Just go for it. Yeah, no, 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 not even close. I mean, come on. That, the Tyler Perry movie was, was like, you know, 10 years ago. And, and you'll notice that nobody hired her after that. Nobody went, wow, Kim Kardashian is the next, uh, is the next Audrey Hepburn. Right. Why, let's hire her for everything we have. No, they no. haven't. They won't. It. Well, I mean, come on, the voice work she's doing, she's, she's doing like uh, the voice of a dog in Paw Patrol. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm not. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Well, let's move on to something more interesting. Um, Tom Cruise. Now we all remember the video from uh, the Mission Impossible Fallout, which was the last one, where Tom Cruise did this insane stunt where he basically is hanging off the side of, a, and it's him hanging off the side of a plane, taking off on a runway. I mean, this is a legit stunt. You watch this thing, and you're like, I don't care if he's strapped to the side of the plane and you can't see it. That looks crazy. Um, but he apparently is, uh, decided that he's got to keep up in his game. Apparently if he wants to hit 60, he's got to do all the crazy stunts. Well, and this one, I, you know, I mean, God love him. I mean, this is, this is what, I mean, I would never even think of trying to do this. Okay. So they, they made a video of this. They put it out uh, over the internet to, over the weekend to promote mission impossible. And it's just him sitting casually on the wing of a biplane. And we notice there's a little bit of noise. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry for all the noise that, you know, we're making our latest Mission Impossible movie. And as he's talking, the camera is pulling back to reveal that he is sitting on the wing of a biplane that is thousands of feet in the air above South Africa's Blyde River Canyon. (laughs) Just sitting there. Just Just sitting sitting there. there. I'm surprised you could actually hear him over the wind noise, but he's just sitting there doing his thing. (laughs) Well, and, and, and they really play it up too. 
They really play up because, like, you know, the, there's obviously the director is in the other plane shooting him. He's like, yo, dude, we're running low on fuel. We, we got to get this shot. <laughs> well, it's bound to create some buzz. That'll be good. I got to be honest, you know, as much as I dislike Tom Cruise as kind of a human being, um, I do enjoy his Mission Impossible movies. I do enjoy a lot of the movies that he's done over the years. And, uh, I mean, he gets kind of a pass for me, but... Uh, you know, I'll watch it. I'll, I don't know if I'll watch it in theaters anymore, but I will watch it eventually. You know. Well, you know the, the the man who brought everybody back to the theaters with Maverick. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Which I haven't seen Top Gun two yet. I've still got to go see it. All right. Okay. Um, I well, guess it's, it's it's streaming now, so you don't streaming. even have to leave the house. See, this yeah. is what I'm, I finished installing. <laughs> I finished installing my brand new surround sound system that I've been piecing together over the last couple of years. Oh. And uh, finally, the rumble, the subwoofers, the speakers behind. I went and watched. I, whenever I do that, I always put one scene in a movie. If I want to test something like that, I put one scene, and it's the lobby scene from The Matrix when they run in there. with the, <laughs> And you could hear the brass tinkling on the floor behind your head and everything. And it was just like, oh. Anyway, so, yeah. So we'll be watching Maverick uh, uh, from, the, uh, from the comfort of my lazy boy. Uh, there's some more drama. Of course there's drama. It's Hollywood. Film Festival, the Venice Film Festival. Apparently, I care about it. Why? But secondly, what's going on? This could be more interesting than the movie itself. But it is, you know, when when you talk about movies that are being promoted for all the wrong reasons, this is the one. Okay, so it's it's this big potential Oscar contender. Don't worry, darling. This is the one. You know, they have been playing a lot of trailers for it over the past couple of months. It's opening in a couple of weeks. It is starring Florence Pugh. Probably one of the hottest actresses going right now. Everything she's touching is turning to gold. Right. And uh, it's directed by Olivia Wilde, very famous actress uh, who's gotten into directing. Uh, did the Book Smart movie a few years ago, is doing this movie, and uh, also stars uh, Harry Styles. And, uh, well, you know, during the making of the movie, Harry and Olivia hit it off. Oh, uh, hit it off in a bad way. Well, hit it off in. The oh. ultimate way. Okay. Okay. And uh, this caused a little bit of tension on the set because uh, she was currently with uh, actor Jason Sudeikis at the time, uh, who was bringing his and her kids to the set to visit and say hi. And Miss Pugh seems to be very offended by this and has decided she's not doing any press for the movie. She barely oh. she barely showed up at the Venice Film Festival. Oh. Uh, you know, she's not going to walk the uh, red carpet when it premieres in New York. I mean, you know, and she's she's like like very obviously staying silent. And then and this is the part that gets me. This always gets better. This is also the movie you might remember Olivia Wilde when she was uh, presenting it at the big uh, Vegas uh, convention for uh, for theater goers, right? And she was she was served custody papers about oh, the kids, right? Right. From Jason right. Yeah. yeah. So that happened. Now Chris Pine, poor guy, you know Captain Kirk, he's in the movie, and and he's just kind of this is all happening around him. So like while he, while they're doing all their interviews in Venice over the weekend. I've seen the clips. He just looks like he wants to be anywhere but yeah. in Venice can at I, the time. Yeah, can I get out yeah. of here now? Right. Yep. So at the premiere of the movie, the video clip that everybody caught and everybody's been playing is, is Harry Styles comes walking down. And as he goes to sit next to Chris Pine, it looks like he spits on him. 
<laughs> what? And so, we, yeah, so for 24 hours, it was, did he spit on him? Did he spit gum on him? Was it a joke? What's going on? So this is, this is what we're talking about. Oh, and this is my other favorite part of this. We haven't even talked about what the movie's about. Right. Shia LaBeouf was originally supposed to be in the movie, um, who, who had some, uh, some, some allegations of violence brought against him by uh, his girlfriend. And they, that happened while the movie was being filmed. And Olivia Wilde made a big deal about saying she fired Shia LaBeouf. And LaBeouf decided to get revenge by playing a uh, audio tape of her begging him to stay and to come back. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It's Hollywood. Nothing is as it seems. Everybody's a liar. Well, yeah, I don't even feel like I want to watch a movie based on all that right there. I just feel dirty thinking about it. All right, well, let's move. I feel I've seen the entire movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's move over to the streams. There's a couple that I want to get to for sure. We didn't get a chance when Love and Thunder was in the uh, was in the theaters uh, because it was the holiday weekend and I wasn't here and you weren't here. And so uh, Love and Thunder hit the streams yesterday, last night, this morning. So I, just, it, I haven't seen it yet. It's right there. It's on Disney+. Plus. Thor, Love and Thunder, give it to me, baby. You know, I actually, I like Thor, Love and Thunder, but I feel like it's not the greatest Marvel movie. It's not the greatest Thor movie. Uh, the whole idea here is that Thor is, you know, kind of thinking about retiring. He wants to get away from the, the superhero biz, if you will. But uh, there is an evil villain, Gore the God Butcher, played uh, by Christian Bale, right? who wants to eliminate all of the gods. Well, Thor isn't going to let that stand. Right. And of course, you know, now we got to fight. And, and, you know, I think that the thing that's interesting is, is I like what they did with, with the God butcher played by Christian Bale. Right. Right. Because it's not just, he's not just like darkly evil. When you see the movie and I don't want to give it away. He has a justification for why he wants to do what he wants to do. Frankly, in some ways you kind of understand where he's coming from. Right. 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 You know, I think that there's a lot more depth and a lot, a lot more seriousness to this movie, but they're going for comedy more and more and more throughout the film. And and I understand that the the last Thor movie, Ragnarok was hilarious. That was a good comedy. Right. Right. This movie, I think, he has a lot more serious themes i think uh in and and i think it misses a lot of moments to really truly get serious when it could now it, it does a little bit more towards the end there's a big thing that happens at the end but i think that you know by that time we've already been sold that they're trying to be funny a little bit more okay all right and what about yeah. the jane foster aspect because i looked at that and i kind of rolled my eyes and was like okay whatever but i mean yeah you know they bring her back and then you know she you know you have to kind of see what the theme or what the story is for why she's coming back okay I, you know, this is, this is a great one. I know it's hitting the streams right now. I know it's been out there since July, but I just don't want to tell you because yeah. yeah. (laughs) Negative, negative one to four waffles. Where do you put uh, Thor, uh, love and thunder? I was kind of like at two and a half to three. I was right in the middle there. Okay. You know, I think it's a solid, solid movie. Uh, you know, hey, I always would like to see another Thor movie. I have no problem with that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, like you said, not only is it streaming, but, you know, Disney is doing a big promotion uh, pretty much all weekend. You know, Disney Day, if you will, uh, was yesterday. And uh, they, they, uh, they've they been promoting all the big things that they're going to have on Disney Plus and all the movies that they're working on. And uh, part of the weekend is uh, you can see them uh, for like five 
five bucks. You can see a lot of Disney movies oh, wow. for five bucks. At so go, go to yeah. the theaters and they'll have them there. All right. Well, we'll, t- we'll yeah. see what people do. Um, we've only got just under two minutes here. I want to talk about this because I saw the trailer and it looks spooky and it's Barbarian. This was so much better than I thought it would be. Like, I'm, no, I'm with you. I saw the commercials and I saw the trailers and I thought, this could be interesting. Right. You know, it's 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 this young lady, this uh, lady Georgina Campbell plays her, and she's going to Detroit. She's going for a job interview. She's booked a house, you know, an Airbnb for the night. And when she gets there, there's a guy already there. Uh, by the way, played by uh, Mr. Bill Skarsgård. You might. Oh uh, man, yeah. Re- remember the name? Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the clown from It. For those of you who don't right. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, you know, she's not really sure. She obviously there's been some sort of a booking mix up. She wants to leave. He convinces her, hey, it's okay. I'll 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 be I'll stay in another room. I'll I'll let you lock yourself in your room. Like, you know, I'll be cool about it because let's face it, it's too late at night. There's no place else you can go. And then things start to get a little creepy. You know, she starts exploring the basement. <laughs> the basement and, and the, the basement is full of just this labyrinth of tunnels and rooms and stuff that's going to scare your underpants. Oh, man. I'm going to be wearing the brown pants before I go watch (laughs) that thing. Uh, It looks great. I can't wait. Negative one to four waffles. What do you think? I'm going three waffles. I, I just love every twist and turn. I love every every creepy movement. I, I love how we're just always waiting for horrible things to happen, and many times they do. Okay. All right. It's called Barbarian in theaters right now. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Thank you, my friend. Good to talk with you. Hey, you got it. I'll talk to you next week. All right, my friends. We're out of time for today. We will see you on Monday. Have a great day. Be kind. Love one another. All right, so I got to ask because this is my thing. I'm not, I don't like the, like the gory gore. I mean, I can take some gore, don't get me wrong, um, you know, but like, uh, you know, Hostel or Saw or some of these other ones, that's just, to me, that's just like gore for gore's sake. I like the suspense. I like the twist. I like that menacing, like you said, the jump scare. I like some of that. So is that kind of where this at or is this kind of more towards the Saw, Hostel, Pinhead kind of thing? I think Barbarian is a one of the rare horror movies that really puts both of those things together. So there is a lot of violence and gore and nastiness. But it also understands how to really get under your skin. And, and, and sets that anticipation and gets those chills going through your body. Um, I, that's what I think is what makes it so good. That it can do both and succeed at both. Mm, okay. Well, I, I, I'm excited to, to kind of, my wife is really, she loves those kind of movies and she drags me along and I enjoy them with her. But, uh, and I know that those kind of things are really starting to hit the charts pretty hard. I know you had that one other one real quick, Devil in Ohio, which is the new movie with Emily Dachanel. Um, and that is supposed to be kind of creepy as well. Yeah, very cool. It's it's a Netflix uh, like miniseries, and uh, you know it's it's about uh, Emily Dishonel is like you know this uh, child psychologist at, at a local hospital, and this young girl is brought in who's escaped from uh, from a neighboring county, and uh, you know well this is part of the big story. She has been found at the hospital with a pentagram carved into her back. Whoa! Hey. Yeah, ah. and. 
you know, she doesn't want to talk about what happened or where she escaped from. And as as the series is going along and she's starting to open up, you're starting to realize she just escaped from some sort of satanic cult. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh by the way, they they want her back. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. Creep factor. The creep factor just crawled right out through the ceiling on that one. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and and you know, it starts a little slow, but man, yeah, I like I'm not all the way through it yet, but it's starting to get really tense. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Devil in Ohio on Netflix, negative one to four. What do you say? I'm at like three on that one too. Woo. I really am. I well, think it's solid stuff. Man. It's a good weekend for all the scary movie people, I guess. That's what it's all about. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, uh, fantastic. What are we gonna be uh what are we gonna be talking about next week? We got anything big coming? I know it's this is kind of the slow season, but I mean anything big that you're looking forward to? It is the slow season. I mean, you know, right now, uh, the, the, the big Viola Davis movie, The Woman King, which you might start seeing some advertising for, you know, she's like this this leader of this African tribe of, of women and uh, and how they fight for their area and for their kingdom. Uh, that's coming out next week. Um, I'm also trying to get a beat on it. I thought the new Fletch remake with John Hamm was coming out next week. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out, are, is that really going to be released or how is it going to be right, released? So right. we may or may not talk about that. You think we may see some advertising for The Woman King? Oh, my God. I cannot turn on my YouTube channel without seeing an advertisement for it. Uh, yeah, there, there was a, there was a big one during the football game last night. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's coming next week. <laughs> All right. Well, Willie Waffle, thank you, my friend. Good to talk with you. We will see you uh, next week then. All right. See you next week. All right, folks. For reals, out of time. Uh, next week. Well, I think Sarah Vance is going to be joining us on Monday. I don't know. I'm going to be full up next week. I can tell you that right now. I sent out 123 emails yesterday to all the candidates. We'll see if we can get some of them on. All right, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget, go out to Twitch and follow me on Twitch. We'll be uh, and YouTube. And just follow me everywhere. Just follow me everywhere. All right, back with more on Monday. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We'll see you then.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 